What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. This is episode 16. And in this one, we are talking to my friend Tima Kava or Fatimata. Um, this episode is dope. We met on the set of a new film coming up called Poser. And it was really fun. I mean, we chopped it up for a little bit as soon as as soon as we locked eyes. <laughs> um, I was talking to her and her friend Kukwa, and we kind of just talked about, you know, what it's like living in Columbus and growing up with immigrant parents and being an immigrant yourself. And I don't know, we just hit it off right away. Like, it, there was no, like, awkward kind of thing. It was just as soon as we talked to each other. And then she approached me about wanting to start a podcast. So this is a conversation that we had. I hope you guys enjoy it. weird <laughs> hi uh, my name is Tima that's what everyone calls me at least uh, so my full name is Fatumata yeah um, I'm from Guinea I I've lived in Columbus for almost 10 years now I moved here when I was 13 from Guinea and I'm a recent alum I went to Denison I majored in French and chemistry and now I'm working French and chemistry yeah nice yeah so. Is French your first language? Yes, it is. Yeah, so. That's cool. That's cool. My first language is Spanish. My parents taught me Spanish as I was growing up because that's all they knew. But then yeah. I learned English from school. I mean, I grew up here. Yeah. Or not in Columbus, but in Boston. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And then, yeah. Um, so we met at. Or was it? At a set. At a set for Loose Films, right? Yeah, for yeah. Poser. Yeah. Um, what were you doing at, at the set? I was supposed to be on, um, on one of the scenes for that night because I was with them the night before and we were up until midnight and um, I work, I do the typical nine to five, so I I like to get my sleep, so yeah, uh-huh. I left and then I came back the next day, but I was exhausted, so I actually didn't stay for the whole thing, so I left. We were supposed to be on the party scene, but I left early. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they, that, that day, we didn't leave till like, 2 in the morning. Oh, my goodness. Wow, I, I would have died. <laughs> yeah, that was ridiculous. I went to work the next day, like, fuck. Yeah. Um, it wasn't too but I talked to Brett and I was like, hey, um, I want to start a podcast. Do you have any advice? And he was like, actually, go talk to Ariel. He has a podcast. Ariel. Ariel, I'm sorry. Ariel. <laughs> he was like, go talk to Ariel. And uh, he has a podcast. So I went over to him and he was really nice. And he said, yeah, I would love to talk to you more about it. And I can actually do a session yeah. with you. And that's why I'm here. So. Yeah. So tell me, tell me a little bit more about your idea for doing a podcast? Um, so I applied for a fellowship after graduation and it was a $10,000 grant. I went to Tanzania wow. in, um, yeah, Did in East Africa. Yeah. So I went to Tanzania in East Africa and my work was on female genital cutting. Um, I don't know if you... Like genital mutilation? Yeah. 
But the reason why I don't call it mutilation is because the people who actually perform the act, they don't like to call it that because for them it's not violence, it's not crime, right, you know? Right. Because if you love somebody, you yeah, will not mutilate them. Word. Yeah, so um, people, they're trying to use cutting instead of that, and that's why I refer to it such. But you're right, that's what it's known as. And so I went there and we also talked about abuse and molestation. And I worked with a, with a non-profit organization that actually started here in Columbus. Um, the lady who founded it, she's from Tanzania. Okay. She moved here when she was 25, I believe. And um, I met her at Denison my sophomore year. Um, and then I interned with her organization for a while. And after that, I applied for the fellowship and she went to Tanzania with me. We worked with the College of Health in Dodoma, and I hosted and um, trained people on, on understanding FGC, female genital cutting and abuse, and recognizing the signs of um, mental health and all that stuff. And then um, I created a website that was funded by the fellowship as well, but I have not posted anything on there, which is why I am starting this podcast, because I realized that I love having conversations with people, and it's a good way to actually get people engaged, and yeah. I feel like a podcast would be um, a better outlet for yeah, that. It's, it's very personal. It's a good way for you to be able to talk to a lot of people at exactly. once. Exactly. You know, but it still feels personal to the listener. Exactly. And um, you're also giving people a chance to tell their own story. Um because when you tell me your story and when I tell your story to somebody, it doesn't have the same effect. And so if I'm sitting you know, across from somebody and they're telling me their stories, they're telling me what had happened to them and what they want to share, then you are getting it from them. For me, I think that's more authentic. And that's why I'm leaning towards um, podcasts. But I write sometimes and um, I've been very hesitant about sharing my writing. So my friends have been very supportive in terms of like reading some of my pieces and giving me really good feedback. And so I'll be publishing some article on my website and I'll also be talking to people. Who so it'll be kind of like a blog too. Yeah, exactly. But um, the reason why I don't call it that it's because I feel like when it's a blog, it's about you, it's about things that you do every day. But it's more of like an outlet to curate stories from different oh, sources. Okay. Yeah. So if you have something you want to publish, for example, and you want people to read it, but you don't want to start a blog because when you have a blog, you have to constantly produce for your audience. So like I'll collect your stories and I'll post it on my website and obviously credit you for your work and everything and then give your contact to people. Hey, if you want to talk to this person about this issue or about this topic, this is who they are. And by the way, there's a podcast. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So if you don't want to read for like five minutes, go listen to the podcast on your way to work or your way back. That's really good work, dude. That's, that's going to be... That sounds very fulfilling. Thank you. That's an awesome mission to want to work towards, especially because you're giving back to, you know, where you're coming from. Yeah. So. It's just... I mean, my background, I've just realized that uh, there's a lot of things that I don't... I didn't have when I was growing up here. And for me, I always thought that it was normal to not have it or to not... Um, even think about it. Like what things do you mean? So, um, like, my brothers, they never really, they don't say no to anything, for example, you know? It's like, 
they always put the family first, even if it doesn't benefit them. Mm-hmm. You know, you always have to do whatever is best for the family and not what's best for you. And I'm not saying that's bad at all. Um, that's why our community, we're so strong because we have each other. But a lot of times the individual kind of get lost in the crowd and then they make a lot of sacrifices and... Um, and ultimately you're unhappy. You're unhappy, exactly. But you can't say that because when you say that, then you're being ungrateful, right? Because then you're selfish, to- and selfish and people are like, but, you know, you're doing this for that. Like my brother, when we came here, he dropped out of college and yeah, he was like working really hard to provide for me and my sister. And then he just started going back to school and I just graduated from school and he's married and has two kids now. And having to like do all the sacrifices for us. But if he hadn't done that, I wouldn't have everything that I had when I was growing up here. So in a sense, I'm like, damn, you know, God. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm also very grateful that he did that because because of that, I was able to go to school. I didn't have to work when I was in high school. Therefore, I was able to focus on my education, study hard, and then get all the scholarship to go to school. But if it was the other way around, I would have slacked at school. I wouldn't have performed as much. And I know there are people who do it, and they, you know, they work full time and they manage to get really good grades at school. But yeah. I just know that it's hard because I did that in college, and it was fucking brutal. Yeah. <laughs> it was hard. It's hard. I used to work. I used to work at a call center when I was in college. Yeah. I used to serve, and then I started working at the call center. And I was doing 40 hours a week. So my schedule was like, I would work Wednesdays, and then all three days of the weekend. And those were all 10-hour shifts. And then also go to school for, like, those were studio classes. So, like, one of my days, for example, on Tuesdays, I would start at 8 in the morning. And then I would have two three-hour classes until 2.30. I would have a break, and then at... I want to say like 3.30, I would have another two, three-hour classes. So I'd be done by like 10 o'clock and then get up the next day and go to, either go to school again or go to work. Yeah. And it was just... It's hard. It was brutal. Yeah, I had... Um, and I still wasn't even able to pay. Everything that you need, exactly. Uh, when I was in college, I worked four jobs on campus. I worked as a tutor, I worked as a lab assistant, and then I worked at the phone call center school. Basically what we did there uh, was uh, call people who went to the school and ask them for donations. I did that, and then I also worked for the admission office. So I had those four jobs, and then on weekends I would drive to Columbus from Denison, I work at Express. Yeah, so on my weekends I'll go there, and you know, on top of that, you have to have, because I lived on campus, so like my school friends were my friends, my only friends, I would say. And so I have to find time to hang out with my friends, to party, and then, you know, balancing all of that, it was really hard. And then my senior year, I got a full-time job at, um, at home health care, where I worked as a nurse's aide, and I worked with people with disability. I would give them their medication, take their blood pressure, um, sometimes I give them bath and things like that. And so I would work 16 hours. Yeah, sometimes I work double, sometimes I work just an hour shift. But I'll do that Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And wait, how old are you right now? I'm 23. <laughs> um, so, That's crazy. Yeah, so I don't know. That's insane. You do it a lot. You did a lot. I don't know, man. <laughs> sometimes I feel like I haven't done enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, that said, I mean, it's a lot. And then um, 
I didn't start therapy until my... Like personal therapy, maybe? Yeah. Uh, because, I mean... But yeah, we were having this conversation. We did. About, like the stigma that our cultures kind of... Have a therapy. Have on us. Yeah. With getting therapy. Like, for me, I, I'm still trying to figure out if I... You're going to get there. You're going to get there. But I realized that a lot of it's, like, pressure put on by my own family yeah. and by myself and my friends. And I'm just like... Do you really need therapy, bro? Or you just <laughs> You're not awake. I'll tell you that for a fact. Um, I mean, for me, I've always had anxiety. And a lot of times I, I didn't actually like think about this until I was writing about two weeks ago. And I was in the shower and I was thinking about my, uh, my I guess, like my childhood, for example. Mm-hmm. I spent most of it in Guinea and I was very um, active when I was growing up. And by that, I mean, I was very competitive at school. Um, I, for some reason, I was very obsessed with being the number one in my class. And uh, because, you know, like, it was a big deal, you know, and it always made my dad proud and happy and my family. And so for some reason, I always feel like I always have to be the first in my class. And I'll put so much pressure on myself, like, and I was around. I think a lot of that has to do, so I don't mean to cut you off. No, you're fine, go ahead. Part of that had to do with like, like first generation, yeah, American or first generation, like the kids of first generation immigrants, yeah. I feel such a pressure to like to succeed, like yeah. I gotta do what my friend didn't do, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I was in Guinea at the time, but my dad would always say things like. I gave up so much to bring you over here. Like, and my dad says it all the time. And he's like, by home. He's still back home, but he's like, I wanted to be there for you guys. And I'm just like, <laughs> So yes, I do get that. But when I was in Guinea, I promise you, my dad is the only one who went to school in his family, his entire family. His dad didn't go to school, his mom, nobody in his family. And his sisters, they all went to um, religious schools, so Quran, uh, Islamic schools. And... Um, his brother dropped out, and so he was the only one to finish all his schools, and he he went to school during colonial era, so there was a lot of um, opportunities to go abroad and study because um, we were still transitioning from, uh, what do you call it? My dad was born like six years after the independence, so we didn't have our own universities at the time. Um, when, yeah, so we were. It was like we were transitioning from being who we are to adapting to the culture that was le- that was led f- left by the um, what do you call them? By the French. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so um, he he went to school here, and then he went to school in Morocco. So my dad, you know, when I was growing up, he was very um, I'll call him a feminist for now and then I'll get to the rest I'll get into the rest of it but like he would always tell me you can do whatever a man can do don't ever let a man stop you from anything you're very strong and he always like gave me all these positive affirmations and he made sure that yeah he did that and he always tell me you know you're beautiful don't let anybody tell you that you're not or don't ever bleach your skin so little things like that and I was like very young but I never really thought about it at the time. I would be like, well, everybody else around me is dark skin. But my sisters were like, uh, they had fair skin. They were very light. Um, but my dad always said, you know, you're, you're fine the way you are. And then I'll go to school. 
And, um, you know, I was very different from the other kids because of what I was being taught at home. And so I would be very anxious about, like, my grade, for example, right? And for some reason, I've always seen men as a competition in my life until now. And then I was just like, you know, that's actually not healthy, (laughs) you know? Uh, But at the time, you know, if a man get, like, 20 out of 20 and then I get 19.5 or 90, I'm like, okay, that guy is, like, competition now. So that's how I was in school. And it always gave me anxiety. I've always been so anxious about everything. And sometimes, like, I lose sleep. I remember when I was in uh, sixth grade, you have to take this big exam to go into seventh grade. Mm -hmm. We call it college back home. And it's, like, a big deal because if you don't pass, it means that you're not smart enough, you know. And, you know, I would stay up all night studying. I was, like, freaking 11 or, like, 12. Like, what are you doing not sleeping, you know? But uh, my family always say, you don't sleep. And my dad would always tell me, like, you need to sleep, you need to sleep. And then I came here. It carried on throughout my entire high school career. I was so obsessed with, like, getting straight A's that I would lose sleep. I will be, you know, I'll have, like, these anxieties. But I didn't know what to call them. I just knew that I would be so nervous that I feel like something is pressing on my chest and all these things. But I didn't know who to talk to about it. I'd just be like, I'm just so scared, you know. And I'll tell my mom, her answer would be, just keep praying. It's going to be okay. And, you know, like, I'll pray. So every time something happens or, like, I have an exam, I'll pray and I'll read the Quran. I'll read all these prayers my, my mom sends me, you know. And then my sophomore year, things got really bad at school. And my dad got sick. And um, I was taking organic chemistry. Okay. So um, I was taking organic chemistry at the time, and it was just a lot. So you were saying, you were talking about... How I started therapy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I held everything in uh, from my dad's diagnosis, from my car accident. For some reason, while everything was going on, I also got into my first car crash, and the car was total. But nothing happened. Yeah, the car was entirely total. It was so bad. No, so this lady, she crossed. She didn't have the right of way, so like my car hit the side of her car. It was so bad. Um, she got a ticket, and then I was so traumatized by that. I, I wasn't sleeping, but then I started sleeping because of it. So um, I was sent to the hospital, and they gave me this muscle relaxer to kind of like calm the, ner- the nerves and uh, help me with anxiety and everything. And that didn't help. I just kept sleeping, and I was missing class, and I wasn't talking to anyone. I didn't even tell my roommate that I got into a car crash because I, you know, you, no, yeah, nobody, nobody could tell because I was fine physically, but mentally it was just like it was too much, and I kept having all these dreams. I didn't sleep, and that's when I realized maybe I should talk to someone. So I went and I talked to my advisor at school, and I told him that you know this is why I haven't been missing class. My dad is sick, and I want to drop out and just go home and be with my family. He's like, I'm not going to tell you what to do, but I just know that your dad would want you to be in school right now. And then he said, I think you need to go to therapy. And I just started crying. And then we both started crying. And it was like, yeah. So I cried, and he cried. He looked at me. He said, it's going to be okay. I've been to therapy, too. And I, you know, you don't have to get medication. You can keep going. But whatever you're, um, the therapist tells you to do, if you know it's right for you, just keep doing it. But I think you should talk to somebody. So that's when I started therapy, and since then I haven't looked back. Um, after graduation, I came home, 
and I went to Tanzania and I came back from Tanzania and it was so hard adjusting because I had known school for the past four years of my life and prior to that I was in high school but it's different so most of my um, adult life thus far and experiences were um, created in college and so coming back home and trying to readjust was so hard and then I went, I started therapy. And I remember when I started, I told my brother's wife, I was like, hey, I'm going to therapy. And she looked at me, she was like, okay. So I come back home and my brother's like, where were you? And I knew his wife, I told him. And he looked at me, he said, where did you go? And I was like, I went to therapy. He looked at me, he said, therapy. And I looked at him, he's like, are you going nuts? Like, what's going on with you? And I was like, no, it's not like that. I'm okay. I just needed someone to talk to. Yeah. And so sometimes like I get, you know, I used to be very um, hesitant to tell people that I'm in therapy because a lot of people looked at you like, well, what's going on with you? Like, should I run away from you? Like, what's your problem? But now I've just learned to embrace it. I'm like, yeah, I'm in therapy, so what? You know, it's just so that I can take care of myself and it helps me grow and be a better person. But um, as we're saying, I, yeah, I told my family I'm in therapy and I'm not ashamed to say that I'm in therapy. Sometimes when I go to job interviews, I'm like, they're like, oh, how, you know, how do you take care of yourself? I'm like, yeah, I go to therapy. Right. And they looked at each other and I'm like, you know what? You should too, lady. Yeah, um, <laughs> so um, I used... Um, More places should offer that. Like, honestly, they should. Um, so my job, well, my old job at DISH, they have this room in the women's bathroom. It's called the mother's room. I used to think that was a meditation room when I first got hired. So I would go in there and I would just like meditate for 15 minutes on my uh, 15 minute break. But I was told that it's a room for women to pump. And I was like, oh no. So the entire time I would be there meditating, there's a woman out there trying to bring a breast right. pump, like pump and I'm in the room. Anyway, um, I just think that it should be a thing at every workplace where you can actually put mental health and mindfulness at the center of the work. Um, if, even if it means uh, creating a little space for people to meditate. Uh, when I was in, was it Amsterdam? Yeah, their airport actually has a meditation room. Yeah, I've seen room. those. Dude, it's so cool. I was so happy. Well, no, maybe those were like, I saw a room where people go and pray. And yeah, but Amsterdam, they have like prayer room for Muslims, Indians, um, uh, not, oh, that's, what is it called? Not Indians. Uh, oh my God, I forgot. No, Buddhist. That's a religion, right? Buddhist. Yeah, but Buddhist, yeah. They have room for uh, Buddhists to pray, and then they have room for Christians to pray, and then they have a meditation room as well. So I saw that, and I was like, wow, and I had just gotten off of like a 12-hour flight. So to be there, and I was just like, this is super cool. Um... I don't know, I just, I think setting time aside to kind of be aware and meditate, decompress, if you will, mm-hmm. and just kind of regroup Very yourself. Sleep. Yeah, sleep, yes. Yeah. Um, also, I use this website called Psychology Today. Uh, com. I think that's what it's called. You can go there and look up therapists and psychologists and uh, psychiatrists, whatever you need, and they're going to be rated, and their specialty is going to be there as well. 
So if you're looking to work with somebody like I'm a woman of color, for example, and if I want to work with a woman of color who does work around mental health in uh, African American women or African women or anything like that, you can go to them. You know, it's super cool, and then they will tell you what insurance they accept. And yeah, it's really cool. So if you have Medicaid, you can see if some of them take Medicaid and stuff like that. Yeah. So I know that's real. It's uh, you know you tell everybody go to therapy, go to therapy, but it also costs money to go to therapy. Yeah. So it's very important to kind of know how you can afford to pay for that. And when you're applying for a job, make sure that they offer some sort of like health benefit because it's real, it's important, and you have to have it. I know it's hard, but you know, these companies, they will work you to your bone, so make sure that you are getting something out of it. Exactly. Yeah, and you're going to get charged for it anyway. Anyway, exactly. At the end exactly. of the year, when you do your taxes, they're going to be like, did you have health insurance? <laughs> no, well, pay us anyway. <laughs> anyway, exactly. So, so be aware of that, especially with those people in college. When you're applying for a job, look for those benefits. They're important. Then just like settle. Um, you have Man, value. I'm excited. Oh, <laughs> you're, you're going to be in it. So, yes, it's going to be good. It's going to be good. Yeah, I listened to a couple of your episodes too. So, yeah, I had to know what you talked about before I could come into your it's house. Always and, like, different. Sit here. It's usually like the topic, I always pull all the inspiration after the, the, the actual. Because sometimes you don't know what you're talking about until you're done talking about it, right? So, like, sometimes me and my friends can be venting to each other, and we're like, whoa, just like we met, you know, we were just venting about shit, yeah. This is our second conversation. We're just, like, talking, and we're like, oh, my God, (laughs) this is what we're talking about. So, we don't have to have a plan. That was a very compelling conversation, too. Thank you for giving me the space. Yeah, that was fun. That was really fun. I'd be interested in talking to Kukwa? Kukwa. Yeah, you remember her name. You're so good with names. I suck. I try. Oh, trust me. As soon as as soon as soon I got home, I was like, okay, let me get on Instagram. <laughs> Make sure I know how these are spelled. And remember. So I have a photographing memory, so I have to see everything. Like, oh, that's good. I have tons of little notes everywhere, but I don't ever... I lose the note right after I write it. Because it's really just I have to see myself write it. And then, like, okay, I won't ever forget. You know, I... Um... This is going to sound really strange, but if you're familiar with chemistry at all, you know how there's a lot of drama in chemistry. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I realized that I learned like science better with pictures. So in mm-hmm. chemistry, I would forget like the names of um, compounds, for example, elements or whatever. But then when I see them like on the board, I'm like, oh my god, I know what this is. And so on the exams, for example, if I don't remember how the reaction is formed, but I would have like this vivid picture of the reaction where the air is going. It was like the, I don't know, it was so fascinating yeah. to me because for so long, especially when like in Guinea, we learned, we learned by memory, we memorize things, right? Mm-hmm. We don't learn by pictures, a lot of the things are memorization, you just memorize things. Is that how the languages too? Not really, it's just like a lot of the histories, you know, you like, oh, you have yeah, to know the dates. Like, the school system there is very different from here. I feel like you, you, it's harder yeah, yeah. there, you know. Um, like, I didn't use a calculator until I came here. I had to learn math by hand and like, had to be quick too. Like division, that shit is hard. Yeah. But like I could do division, I was like, okay. So all of that you learn by hands and 
So you have to memorize a lot of steps, you have to remember a lot of concepts and things like that. But here, it's, um, especially in college, it was more of like a concept application okay. through learning. But chemistry, yes, it's concept, but also you have to know. Yeah. You know, you can just like say, I'm gonna apply this concept to that. Like you have to know things. And so that picture, or uh, picture memory? Photographic memory, <laughs> picture memory, oh my God. Yeah, yeah it really helped in chemistry. So. I was like that with calculus, like I, I wasn't, I wasn't really that good at math, but then, but if I could see Science. the picture, yeah. if I could see the formula, then I could remember, okay, these are the steps I had to take to it. Yeah. And like, it wasn't even, I never knew anything conceptually. Like, I had no clue how to even use the stuff, mm -hmm. but I knew that if I saw the picture, then I was like, okay, I know how to get to that. that that's, step. that's fun. But I could never, I never actually knew the concept behind what they were teaching me, though. I just knew, like... Uh, yeah. yeah. It's, it was weird, but that's just because I, I'm a creative person. You, know? you are. I'm he has, like, he has some really cool pictures we're standing at right now. Oh, I gotta show you this. I gotta show you this. It's amazing. There's a flower with an eye, guys. This mm -hmm. is cool. So these all work with this app. And, um, Can I touch it? Mm -hmm. Okay. So like. So you point it at that globe, point the phone at the globe. No way! Yeah, so they all, they all have some sort of thing like that where like something pops out of it or the image turns it. Not, not all those things, just the globe on this one. Yeah. But this one is... What is this app called? That one's called HP Reveal and that's like Shit. you can upload different things to it that you create and get it to recognize certain images. So whenever I have a show, I do that, and then I'll have like t-shirts, prints, and business cards, and whatever, whatever. Yeah. So people usually purchase a lot of those. You guys, okay, you have to meet this guy. You have mm -hmm. to see his work, because I'm so fascinated. This is so fascinating. Oh my God. It's yeah, I'll beautiful. Show you, I'll show you how all that works. I use it a lot for like... Guys, I'm gonna be a creative person. I don't know how, mm -hmm. but like, I'm gonna surround myself with creatives. No, you already are. <laughs> Figuring it out. Oh, I don't know. Figuring it all the way out. I can do stick figures. I'm really good at that. There you I go. can give them like a flower. That's kind of like stick figures. No, this, this, no, this is like too cool. I feel like if, if I have this in front of me, I could do it probably, but it's not gonna look that good. This has a lot of precisions, and I'm yeah. not very precise. <laughs> I try to do everything in like one or two strokes. But I also have like a traditional background, so I can do like portraits and like stuff like oh. that. But this stuff is, I like it just because it's like more lighthearted. Yeah. Do you do portraits of people? I've done so, I've done it before. I got you. <laughs> yes, please. I want I've always wanted one. I asked a friend of mine to do it when we were in college, and she would always say, I'll do it, I'll do it, and then we graduated, and she never did it. I was like, come on, I want to stare at myself. Okay, it's not, not like that, but you know what I mean. But, yeah. I got you. That would be Yeah, no, cool. I'll, I'll make it more. That would be, be cool, yeah. That would be really fun. But, um, so the reason I started doing this whole podcast yeah. was... Also, what is the name of your podcast? The name is APEG okay. versus The Algorithm. What so, does that mean? So APEG is like my, is my Instagram name, my like creative name, mm -hmm. which is really just the A from my first name mm -hmm. and the P-E-G from my last name. Okay. And then it also sounds like Ape Egg, which I find it like an oxymoron because 
monkeys don't have eggs. Mm, look at you! Right, but um, <laughs> so then versus the algorithm is obviously exactly what it sounds like. It's like versus the algorithm that social media creates, the algorithms that we create in our own lives, which is just like another word for routine. Um, and yeah, so so I started it because I started realizing that my anxiety was getting was getting really bad in the sense of social aspects. Um, not it wasn't getting like to the point where I couldn't talk to anybody or like I was really introverted or anything like that. It was more of like the comparing myself to people, and it was more of um, like I know there was just like little things like like I would notice that like I felt like I was. Like I was um, like spying on people, mm. so then when I would meet them, meet them in person, I would feel I really awkward. That, yeah. yeah, I would feel awkward, and I'm like, what do I talk to them about now? Because I've already been following them all day. Like it's it was it was <laughs> yeah. weird, but I was just kind of in my own head. Um, and then I also realized that because of the way the algorithm was set up, I was losing communication. I was losing communication with with previous friends, family members. All that because if I wasn't constantly liking things, or if I wasn't um, if I wasn't constantly on there trying to keep tabs on everybody, yeah. then they would just fall to the bottom of the algorithm, and I would never see them again. And I, so I would like have these like thousand followers, or I'm following a thousand people, but really I have twelve people that I talk to in real life. So like it was just it's just like a way to connect with people again, and also. I started doing, I started this last October. I started doing the sober October thing so I could like cleanse my body, you know, like no weed, no alcohol, no, no coffee, no junk food. That's what I started last year. And then this year I added no meat, no coffee again, or no caffeine at all. So like I haven't had soda, I haven't had like tea that has like caffeine in it or anything. Um, I think that's that's pretty much it. So like I noticed, the first time I did it, I noticed that like my brain power got a lot better. I was like finding different ways to fill my time, and like I became a little bit more outgoing. I wasn't as paranoid as, as normal. So that's kind of that's the whole reason behind the name and the and doing the podcast. And yeah. So far, I've, I've been I've been able to talk to people more. I meet people, and then within a couple of days, I get to sit down with them. Yeah, like you did. Learn, learn yeah. the whole thing, you know? Like, yeah. That's something that I used to do back in school. Um, like, I would just meet somebody, and then we would talk all day. But then I realized that it was because we were just in school together. Like, it's at some point, it becomes like you're talking to people, and you get close to people just because you see them every day. Right. And I want to... I mean, I see you, see see everybody every day on my phone. So why am I not close to them? I need to learn about them. So my my pursuit of like trying to beat the algorithm yeah. is by just sitting down, yeah. building a rapport, talking, figure out how we can work together, and see where we relate, things like that. So yeah. that's kind yeah. of the whole idea. And then we got we always talk about like how social media affects the way we we interact with people. Yeah, even ourselves sometimes like. Um, I I was in a really bad place when I came back from Tanzania and I was like I should be grateful I should be happy I just went and I did work but uh, I'll go on social media and I'll see like all my friends like 
you know, doing things or like starting things that I said it will do. And for some reason, it made me feel like I was missing out or like I wasn't doing enough. And it was really hard for me to like keep myself grounded. And it's hard sometimes because you see things happen. Sometimes for me, at least I can speak from my experience. A lot of times I used to feel like I am missing out. That was my biggest thing, right? I was like, I'm missing out. Oh my God, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing that. But in reality, it's like, no, you're not missing out. You know, I I came across this things like where it says that no one is no one's life is perfect. They're just using a filter. Mm-hmm. And I was like, holy shit, this is so true. Because even my friends sometimes, you know, like I would see them doing these amazing things and I'll see them on Instagram and then I FaceTime them and we talk. And the things they tell me doesn't reflect that at all. And I'm like, holy shit. Like, same thing with me. And I've been trying to be more authentic now, like, especially. And I'm mindful of what I post on social media now. Yes, there are a lot of times, like, I'll post, like, video of me, like, I'll eat with my friends or doing something. But when I'm dealing with, like, some heavy shit, I'm like, I read about it on my post. And I'm like, you know, I'm doing this to take care of myself, this or that. And on my work site, for example, on the uh, We Sanctuary page, um, I used to do these things where every Monday I would write things that I'm, inten- I'm being intentional about. And one of the things that I've been working really hard on on myself is um, bringing out my dark side, right? So, like, that's part of me. Like, when you see me, a lot of my friends would describe me as, like, bubbly, happy, you know, and all that. And so I, when I was in school, I put on this facade where I was like, okay, I really need to keep that image on, right? And that's part of the reason why when I got into my car crash, I was like, I'm not going to talk to my friends about this. I have no scratch on my skin. Like, I'm fine. Physically, I'm okay. So why would I tell people about it? And my friends didn't know about my accident until, like, late October. And it had happened, 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 happened. Uh, la- no, the third week of September, that's when it happened. But it didn't know until, like, almost the end of October. Because, you know, you just, I don't know, for me, I dealt with that and I just continue to tell myself that I'm a strong person, Um, I can take things, I'm okay, like, I just have to be there for people. And for so long, I didn't know that I was a people pleaser and that I wasn't actually pleasing myself, but I, I didn't look at it that way, you know, because when you say that, like, suddenly it's like a bad thing, it's a negative thing. No. I just had to learn that it wasn't a negative trait to have. It's just that I have to learn to feed myself first before I can yeah, feed anybody yeah. else. That's all it was. Um, but because it has such a negative connotation where it's like, yo, you're trying to please everybody. You know, it's, you know, nobody wants to be that person. And so I told myself, that's not who I am. I am not going to see myself as such things. So I'm just going to keep going. And it just got to the point where there was no more to give and I crashed and it was bad, it was ugly and I had to pick myself up from that and realize that, okay, until Tima is happy, she cannot make other people happy around her. That's what I told myself and, you know, so far I'm doing a lot better and obviously like life is not a straight path that's going to be up and down. Like sometimes I'm doing really good at it, sometimes I'm doing awful at it. Like I'll meet somebody I like and I'm like, I don't want to lose this person. So I'll do anything to please them and like keep them around. But the reality is that, huh? Cook for them, yes. Like, like, oh yeah, I'm making really nice breakfast. I'm going to keep you. But no, somebody who doesn't want to stay, and this can be a partner, this can be a friend, this can be a family member, no matter what you do, they're going to go because 
what you're offering them, it's not what's keeping them, right? You're doing that essentially to tell yourself that if I do this, they're gonna stay, but you don't know what's gonna make them stay. So having that conversation with people and that honesty with people is very important. And so, um, yeah, just recognizing your uh, toxic traits and working through them, it's not a bad thing to like have a dark side necessarily, but if you can recognize it, bring it to light, then it's not that bad anymore, right? Because and then you can, learn to appreciate when you're good side. Yeah, exactly. Because I feel like anything can be improved, you know? Your dark side, even your light side or good side, I don't know, like that's something that you can also improve. It's just like, oh, you're a nice person, you cannot be better than that. No, you can be better. Uh, so, yeah, um, I think you're doing really good work too, and um, you're having conversations that a lot of people don't have because it's with a the, conversation in general. Yeah, a conversation, you're right. Uh, that people don't have because we've all been so conditioned to, especially that generation, to like, you know, sick this perfection or like this perfect life. You know, it's like we are so into it with social media. I, I used to like. Yeah, with it. social media, I found myself like trying to maintain a brand. And like, I come from an advertising background mm -hmm. where like, you know, that's what I majored in. It. Right. <clears throat> Curate things and polish them up before I put them out. And then I realized like, I'm not a polished person. Why would I try to I do that? Like, you yeah. know, like why the the best part about something is its imperfections. Like I needed to start embracing that more mm -hmm. rather than going crazy trying to do something and putting so many time limits on everything. Yeah. Like when I first started this, I was like, I'm gonna do one every week, I'm gonna do this, do that, do that. But I was also working forty hours a week, so it's like there was no way that I was gonna be able to do that. So I slowly went from a week or one a week to every two weeks to now I get in like maybe two a month, mm -hmm. which seems to be really a good a good flow because I'll get to talk to somebody, I get to listen to the conversation a few times, get feedback from the other person, and then make some, make it a, make, I make all the artwork for it too, so yeah, I spend right. all the time, as much time as I can until it feels right. Yeah. See, um, I, I'm a very rushed person, and that comes from, uh, like, I mean, I feel like I slowly adopt to like not being in school and not having a constant deadline. But for so long, I, you know, my life has been one thing after the other. It's like, you do this, you do this, then you do that. You do this, you do this, and you do that. And for so long, that's what my reality was. And when, I, when you met me, was, when was it? Was it Tuesday? Yeah. When we met on Tuesday, I had told myself that you know, this week I'm gonna have my first podcast out. What the hell were you thinking, Tima? No, it doesn't work like that. And I said, I'm gonna write and I'm gonna have my first publication out because last Saturday I stayed up and I wrote like four different articles, you know? And then I said, okay, I'm gonna have my friends read over and then we're gonna polish this and I'm gonna put it on my website. And then I had to like be very real with myself and set a realistic goal right and because if you're sending something out to please people just so people can say that you've produced something and it's not good quality and not even you're happy with it then why would you do it in the first place you know so i have this constant battle with myself when i'm like people have to see what i'm doing people have to see this people have to know that i'm doing something and be, and i used to see that as being a bad thing so i never said it out loud but the reason why that is, I'm so used to the praise that I, re I receive when I do work. So like at school, for example, you get a good grade, the professor put you aside and they're like, you know, you're doing really well. Why don't you do this next, you know? So I was so conditioned to that. So I'm like, you know, I need to 
do something. And then I made a video last night. I went to school and I questioned people. I will I ask people to tell me how to take care of their mental health and what does self care mean to them. And as soon as I got home, I was like, oh, I'm gonna sit down. I'm gonna start editing this video. I'm gonna put it together and I'm gonna put it out. I was like, no, you're not gonna do that. You know, and the old me, yeah, the old me would have sat down and stay up until like 8 a.m. today or like 5 a.m. in the morning and then go to sleep and then get ready for this. And I was like, no, nobody's like on my ass, like yeah. tapping me with like, a, I don't know, with a broom, like, okay, you're going to get this done. Yeah. I'm like, I'm in control. I'm doing this for my own pleasure. I'm doing this because I find it fulfilling. I am not, yes, people might find this interesting. People may like it, but I'm not pleasing people. I am doing it because I'm passionate about it. I love what I do. So if I start to feel like work, then it's bad yeah. because I already do that. I already go to work. I work for a corporate company. I already work there 40 hours a week. They tell me what to do. They tell me how to yeah. breathe. <laughs> yeah, and they tell me how to breathe. They tell me, how to set my desk, like everything. So I'm like, I already get that there. So, yeah. you know, what am I after here? There's also, also specifically for the podcast. Yeah. There's no rules. There's no standard. Some of them I'll be just walking with people. Some of them I'll go to their house or like, sometimes we'll be skateboarding and then I'll sit down and pull out my microphone. And yeah. Like, hey, you want to talk for like 20 minutes? And then we do that. So it's like, it's really just, for me, it's really just about finding those little moments where like, damn, this is a good conversation. Let me see if this person wants yeah. to talk about it, yeah. wants to get an update and talk yeah. about it. Like, I have one that I've never put out, but I listen to all the time. Whereas me and my cousin, we grew up together. We've had at some points the same lives and like very drastically different lives. And I got this conversation where me and him, we were chilling in my car and it started raining like crazy. So we pulled over to wait for it to stop raining. And so we just start talking and he tells me about, I asked him, I'm like, yo, so what's it like to have a baby? Like, you just had a kid. He's like, bro, you don't understand. Like, it's so different. He's like, I feel like I'm seeing colors. I feel like, like, I feel like now I'm actually making money. He's like, I read this book. He's like, you read a book? What? It's like, yeah, dude, like shit is crazy. And this is a dude that like, had so many struggles with so many different things. But like, the one thing that you think like, oh shit, that's, he's not the person that should be the thing that brought him out of the dust you know what i mean like so those, those little conversations are the things that you start to to look for the things that you start to want. yeah and you appreciate it yeah so like when i met you guys and started talking to you i was like oh look this person already wanted to talk about shit like is very like open about what they're going to say doesn't hold their words like i like love that shit like oh, thank you like even even people that are like assholes i appreciate because they're saying what's on their fucking mind and a lot of people because of these phones, want to stay on brand and they don't want to say things what that they shouldn't say. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so it's like, and I I do that too. Like yeah. I act differently I struggle with that on too, a lot actually. of people. I act different around the people that I work with than how I am in real life. Yeah. Because yeah. I know that if I fucking share the way that I really am, I'll probably get fired. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Fucking corporate America is so yeah. tough to navigate. No, I I agree with you. Honestly. Um, like I have a lot of my mentors on my Instagram, for example, and so I I used to be very ashamed to like put things out. Like I'll go out, for example, and I'll be like, oh my god, fat pussy. What what would people think? And In the club. yeah, I'm like, or like 
I mean, bathing suit, I'm like, oh my God, or like, I post like a picture of myself that I like, and I'm like, oh my God, will people think I post too much? Do people think that I'm full of myself because I'm posting this? Like, when I got this gig with Express, where like, um, you know, I would get rewards for like wearing their clothes and stuff, I was like, oh my God, what would people think of me? And for so long, I wouldn't put out content, because I'm just like, would people think I'm different now? Would people think I'm an Instagram model? So like, I would constantly struggle with yeah. so I was like, oh my God, what would people think when they look at my, you know, like, it was- I thought that as soon as I saw you Instagram, I was like, oh shit, oh, shit. <laughs> I was like, but that's not what I am. I was like, but that's no, not what I am. No, I was honestly surprised, because when I talked to you, I was like, she didn't mention this not once. <laughs> so this has to be like, I don't know. Like, yeah, I'm like for me, you know, and it's very like standard. Mm-hmm. Um, like when I put stuff on there, they have to stay for 12 months. Uh, my profile is like monitored and all that oh, stuff. Wow. Yeah. Um, but I don't, I, I think of it as like a hobby because either way, I work at Espresso and um, all my clothes are from Espresso for the most part. So I'm like, yeah, like, you know, I wear this. Yeah, that's um, cool. It's cool, but it's it doesn't define who I am, you know? Like, I love their stuff. I absolutely love it. And I love working there. Like, honestly, I love my coworkers, and it's it gets me going, you know? It's the type of job that I will go to. No matter how chaotic it gets, no matter how crazy it gets in the store, I'm constantly happy. Like, I'm smiling throughout the whole day. Yeah, sometimes I complain, but I'm walking. Like, I'm walking, yeah. I'm sweating, I'm talking to people. That's the shit that I love to do. And um, it's part of the reason why I've, I've been questioning my career path. I'm like, I, I love retail, I love marketing, I love talking to people. And when I worked at this corporate, like, I've done really well, like, talking to customers, like, they're upselling everything. But I told myself, I said, is it because I've been more exposed to that environment, more than I've been exposed to the medical field? So right now, I've been trying really hard to get my foot out the door, in the, in the door? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know, yeah, yeah. whatever the saying is, like, but I've been trying to get through there so that so I So are you going to become a doctor? I, that's, 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 that's been my goal. <laughs> but awesome. uh, I hope so. so awesome. <laughs> yeah, but I don't, I don't want, like, I want to embrace my duality, you know? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, I don't 100%. want to be, like, I, I want to be a doctor psychic, like, uh, retail. I want to mm-hmm. be a doctor so I can like marketing. You can be a doctor with a really dope clothing line. <laughs> Somebody told me that. They were like, Tima, like, don't say that, um, you know, just because you want to be a doctor, you have to give up the fact that you've had so much retail experience. Like, I had one of my coaches. If anything, you're, you're the bank that you're going to make from being a doctor or whatever. Yeah. Is just gonna fund what you really want. That's that's true. Um, somebody else told me that you were like, you don't have to love what you do. You can just like use that to fund what you love. And I was like, oh my god, yeah. No, you're absolutely right. And also, I was advised that um, you you know I could do things like being with patients and not really being a doctor, but being with patients and like using clothing as a way to make them feel good. Because when you're sick, you're vulnerable. And I was like, oh my God. Do I hear We Sanctuary clothing coming out? I don't know. You can design stuff. Hey, maybe something's not here. We'll get back when you're making that doctor money. I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Oh, I think, stop. I think it's just the, the willingness to want to do it. 
I do the box of class too. We should do it. I'm gonna. So I'm gonna. I was telling you about my residency. That yeah. I'm gonna be doing my band. I'm taking a boxing class. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We give a big high five. Because that class. shit feels good. I, I have know. videos. That shit feels you amazing. Show me I um. Whenever I go to the gym, there's a sauna there, and I get in my like sauna suit, and I just do boxing drills the whole time. Oh my god. It's so much fun. Dude. I can't wait to like. Oh, I'm, I'm so excited oh, for you. Like I went there. I don't care. I told the lady. She was kind of like. Uh, you know, do your arms like this, that. I was like, man, I'm here to hit the goddamn yeah. bag, okay? Yeah. So I'm just going out, and the first day was with a guy. My first section was with this dude, and he just kept saying, yes, ma'am. And every time he said, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> you know, I didn't know I had so much thanks for me, and I was like, is this anger? Do I look you crazy? You so good at No, that. but like, it just felt so good. Yeah. It felt so amazing. I want to take a boxing class, and when I get back, I want to get into MMA stuff, like maybe do a jujitsu class and learn how to do like the, the grappling stuff and roll around on the ground. Yeah. And then maybe get into one where I have to do like kickboxing and stuff. There are two I know of, oh God, I don't remember the name. Um, something Thompson on Denison. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, Thompson, it's right? for, yeah. yeah, it's $44 for, for a whole year. Oh wow. Yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, but the one that I went to is kind of like it's very bougie. It's in uh, it's on High Street. Is it like the title boxing? Title boxing. Yeah, title yeah, boxing. Yeah. But I got it for twelve dollars on Groupon. Mm. Yeah, I got a two weeks pass on Groupon because I wanted to give it a try, but I didn't go back because uh, my work schedule one and two. Um, I'm not sure what my schedule is gonna be, so I was like, it's it won't be like ideal for me to get a membership right now. But I do have a membership plan in fitness because I love running, so I try to like implement that in my everyday life. <laughs> but uh, if you're looking, I think Thompson Rec would be a good place to start. Um, I'll it out. I did. Yeah. I did do like a trial there once, but I never. I didn't. I started working, so I wasn't able to do it. Yeah, one of my coworkers, he works there. He used to be a, a police officer, and mm -hmm. he said that he was on guard for um, Mike, the boxer. I don't know. Some boxers, some like Yeah. He, yeah, he was his guard when they wow. went to a game somewhere. Yeah, he's super cool, he's older. But he still does boxing and he's the one who told me to go there, but I've never actually been there. But I think you should check it out and see how you like it. Because <coughs> I think it's gonna be great. Yeah, no, I'm definitely going to. Yeah. I can't wait to to be in Havana and train with those people. I heard you gotta like really Havana, you said? Mm-hmm. You're going to Cuba? Mm-hmm. When? Jan all of January. Take me to Cuba. <laughs> oh, that sounds really fun. And so there's a thing here called the Greater Columbus Arts Council. Mm hmm And you pitch them an idea, and they, they'll fund it for you if they like it. So You're a badass, Mario. I was like, I'm going to go over there and try to teach them this. So there's an art residency over there, and I had to apply to them and be like, hey, this is my idea. I want to... Put a workshop together. Yeah. If it's like kids or people that I meet there yeah. or the other artists that are staying, I wanted to show everybody how to use the augmented reality stuff. And they were like, yeah, come on down. And I was like, okay, hold on. So then I applied to these people over here to get them to pay those people oh. so that I can just go. Cool. Yeah, that's really cool. Speaking of augmented reality, um, I know somebody. She's in front of San Francisco. I can try and put you two Please together. Do. Um, she went to my school in 2009. She works with like um, a lot of uh, tech companies. Okay. They do, uh, oh my god, 
Virtual reality. Virtual reality, thank you. I'm going to send you her Instagram. Yes, I'll introduce you to you. She's super cool. Her name is Maddy. Um, I don't know how you two can work together, but you talked about augmented reality yeah, 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 and yeah, yeah. you're I'm a kid. Sure so I'm, I'm sure, sure there is a way. way. So remind yes, me of I that. that. Yeah, remind me to do that. So, I mean, she's really cool. I can also give you her email. I can well, introduce, just send me, you know, text me an email. It's all on the recording now. Okay, good. Yeah, no. No, you can hold me accountable. But no, seriously, I'll do it. You just text me an email. That's all you got to do. You just text me an email. Now everybody knows. It's on you now. You text me an email, and I'll write an email. I'll introduce you to you, and the rest is up to you. Yeah, that's perfect. I can do that. That's perfect. Yeah. Because it sounds really cool. I feel like there's so much you can do. I mean, it's definitely so. like important to establish yourself. I know that, yeah. but don't say that. I definitely you... don't don't think I'm gonna live here my whole life. Good. I don't want to live here my entire life because just the way that Columbus is, like, it's such a test market that the way that people interact here, they're fucking posers. Like, they're they're drawing inspiration. I mean, we talked about you this. Talked they're about drawing inspiration yeah. from all over the place. There's nothing here that really is Ohio other than football and beer and like that kind of stuff. So it, it's just, it's different. It's different. So I, 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 if I could move right now, if I had the money to move right now, I would go to Chicago. Like if I could have everything that I have here in Chicago. Wow, Chicago. Chicago. That was the first city that I went to on my own. Um, and I was able to meet people and like I was really open and I ended up meeting some of my best friends on that trip. Like I remember I was just bored out of my mind. <laughs> so I was like, I'm gonna take my skateboard, I'm gonna get on a Greyhound and go to Chicago. And I got there, found a place to stay, met up with some friends, and then I stayed with them. And then I went skateboarding downtown and I ran into a couple people. They showed me the entire city. Wow. And it was just it was perfect. It, would, it felt like I was in a movie. And then the last few times that I went there, I was like, wow, this is... Every single time that I went there, I just I always had the best time. It's such a great city to be in in the summer, too. It's um, beautiful in the summer. But, but mainly, I just realized that, like, I can do things on my own. Like, that was the first time that I realized, like, I can go out on my own. I'm not scared enough to talk to people. Like, I, I can figure out how to get somewhere. Um... So then, so then, then that's when I really fell in love with traveling. So I was like, okay, so I would love to live here, but where else can I go? So then I started going to other states and other places. And then the craziest place I went to, or the farthest place, back in 2017, I went to, um, I went to Thailand, all on my own, just like, wow. I'm going to go for a month. I went to Zimbabwe all on my own. Wow. Yeah. By myself. So were you able to speak a language there yep. that anybody knows? Yep. Same. I went to Thailand. Just shut up. Didn't see it. All the letters and everything was different. It wasn't even an alphabet. It was like yeah. some weird stuff. Like the roads were all different. People drive on the right side. Yeah. Uh -huh. not all of that. Um, and where I went to wasn't very touristy. You know, it That's was like good. I went to when I first got there. I was in in Bangkok, right in the middle. It was just, it's a huge, a huge city. It's like five New Yorks all in one. Oh my God. And then, 
So I like spent a week there completely alone, just in the in this in this Airbnb that I rented, and I would walk around, skate, That's find amazing. different places to go. By the second day, it felt like cold, day, right? The second day, third day, I uh, the second day or third day, I uh, what's it called? I went to. But by the second day, I went to, um, I ran into some people that lived there. These two, somebody from Ireland, another person from Australia. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that, like, they moved there, met their wives, and stayed. And then they were like, oh, dude, come out with us. We'll show you where everything is. Then take these back roads, because you're going to run out of breath if you're where all the cars are. Yeah. It's too, too smoggy, whatever, whatever. And they showed me all those places. They showed me how to find buses and like go to all People are so nice when you travel. It's crazy. It, you realize it's just here that yeah, is like... Yeah, people just scare you so much. For, yeah. Like, I tell you, I did the craziest shit. So I... I got up... I went to Zimbabwe because I was going to go to South Africa with my friends. I was I was studying I'm going to Botswana at the time. And they were going to South Africa and I could go. <clears throat> So I said, well, I'm not going to stay here by myself, so I'm going to go somewhere, change my flight. I flew to Zimbabwe. I got an Airbnb. The family were really nice to me. They gave me free breakfast. I figured out, yeah, they gave me free breakfast and lunch and dinner, and they had this huge avocado tree, and I swear, I just wanted to take the whole thing and bring it back with me. It was, like, so big, and it had so many avocados on it, mango trees, anything you can think of. I was there, and it was different. It was very different, and... But I was like, you know what? So what? You're not even staying home because it's different and you don't want to go outside. I got in the cab. I went to a museum by myself. I visited the museum. And then at the airport, though, there was this guy on my flight who is from Zimbabwe. But was coming home by himself. But he's from Boston. Oh, wow. Yeah, so we exchanged numbers. And I was like, you know what? I need a friend. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, we exchanged numbers, and then uh, in the evening, my phone wasn't working, but I went and got a SIM card, and we texted on WhatsApp, and he's like, hey, do you want to go to the botanical garden together? I was like, yeah, sure. So we went to this beautiful garden. It was so pretty. Planning car. So I saw that with him. It was so beautiful. Yeah, that's, so that's beautiful. what it's all about. Yeah. And then I met so many other local people there with me. It was just so beautiful, the whole experience. And then I flew to Victoria Falls. Have you heard of it? It's one of the Seven Wonders. Oh. Yeah, and it's in Zimbabwe. So um, it's like 20 minutes flight from Harare, which is the capital there, um, to Victoria Falls. So I got another flight after two days. I went there. And on my flight, there were two guys. This, is, this gets super mm -hmm. crazy. There were two guys, and they were coming from Harare. They have a house in Victoria Falls. And I was waiting for a cab, and every single cab kept ripping me off. And I was like, first of all, I know you're not charging me $50 to get from the airport to where I'm going, because it's literally five minutes away, okay? And they're like, no, 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 but that's the price. They'll literally drive you around in a circle to make you feel like you're <laughs> They're going far. somewhere. So the two guys were like, do you want to get in with us? I was like, <laughs> right. they're like, 
we're going there, we know exactly where to go, and we know the lady you're going to be staying with. And I was like, you know my Airbnb lady? They're like, yeah, everybody knows everybody here. It's a very small town. So I looked at him and I said, okay, you guys, don't try to rape me, don't kill me, don't kidnap me, because I got a pepper spray. Right. <laughs> okay? But then I was like, you're dumb, bitch. Yeah, you just right. told them they got a pepper spray. What the fuck is wrong with you? Right. So I get in the car with this guys. At first, I was just sitting like this in the back. I was like waiting for them. It was two of them. One was driving, and the other one was in the driver's seat. I was like, oh my god, Tima, what the fuck did you do? And then we passed the bar. They're like, hey, do you want to stop by and get a drink with us? I was like, no, I'm okay. So they went there, got a beer. And then they drove me to where I was going. They drove me to the market, helped me get a SIM card. Wow. And helped me get charged in my, uh, in my SIM card. Drove me to where I was going. And then waited for me to drop my stuff off. Take a shower, they came back, took me, and then I went out to eat with them. We had wow. dinner. And then they took me to a club to dance. Like, it was the craziest shit That's ever. Amazing. And when I tell people, they always say, You could have died. I said, But I didn't. Right. <laughs> Everybody's trust. like, Don't ever do that again. I'm like, I mean, yeah, things could have happened. But with that mentality, I was going to miss you out on like, having that experience with these people, okay? And these guys did not ask me for money, they didn't ask me for anything, and it was the craziest shit ever. Because, you know, men of color, especially black men, they have like this savage representation of them, you know? They are rapists, they are killers, they are this, they are that, like, but being exposed to that, like, in Africa, in Zimbabwe, in the continent, I was like, holy shit, awesome. you know? But like, it was the best experience I've had like in my entire traveling, like, and I've been, I've gone to a lot of places, but that, like, I wrote about it, I drummed about it, like, I keep, I have a voice recording of it, and I told my friends, like, when I went back to Botswana, everybody was like, we're not even surprised you did that, but don't ever do that again, you know? Like, I have this thing where I just, you know, and sometimes it's led me to the wrong way, obviously. Like, I've, I've trusted wrong people before, and they've hurt me, like, emotionally, especially. Yeah, and they've hurt me emotionally in the past, but I, I just know that you can't let that stop you, you know? And I tend to see the good in people until they prove me mm -hmm. otherwise, but, I mean, like if you have a good heart and you generally do trust people god is gonna watch over you god's gonna keep you safe that's how i see it you know but i don't know that was just amazing to me and then the next day they uh one of them came and took me to victoria falls and make sure that i didn't have to pay the tourist fee i paid a local fee so i only paid like five dollars to get it and the fee is like thirty dollars for tourists it was like it was bananas and then I got a pass to cross the border between Zimbabwe and Zambia. Because, I'll show you pictures. Victoria Falls, it's like between um, Zimbabwe and Zambia. So like there's a little border there where like literally you cross that, you're in another country, it's crazy. And that's why I was like, borders are full of shit. Because <laughs> yeah, like literally I'm here right now and that person is right there and that's Zambia, it's crazy. And then I met this person on my flight, sorry. It was crazy and that guy was like, there's a picture where I'm in, I'm in his picture, but we didn't know each other. Uh -huh. And we were on the same flight going wow. back to, he was going back to South Africa and then go to, um, England and I was flying back to Botswana. Like some shit, like when you travel, crazy shit happened, but this is the bridge to the other side. Yeah. Wow, so the other side is another country. Yeah. That's it's it's wild. Crazy. But 
I mean, traveling alone, I just, I think it's very satisfying and fulfilling. It really is. You, you, you really find a way to break, break the monotony and get out of your own head. And also, also like, you don't have, you can't think about what's going on back home. Like, it's like a really awesome form of therapy because you have to like, kind of put things aside, Mm -hmm. at least like while you're out and about. Everything you're looking at is completely new, completely like every corner. You're so disoriented. Yeah, you can just walk around uh, around the block and you're like, oh my, oh my god, this is new. <laughs> yeah, and you just, your brain is just like, what the fuck <laughs> is going on? But then you become accustomed to it and then it becomes really nice. I have a question for you. So I didn't mean to cut you off, but when you travel and you sleep on a new bed, what is that experience like for you? Like when you wake up. Do you, oh, when you sleep, and this happens to me, and I just want to know if it's just me. When I sleep, sometimes I'll feel like I am sleeping on the wrong side of the bed. Yeah. Because yeah, it's different yeah. from my bed. Uh-huh. It, it fucked with my mind a lot. Okay, I'm not alone. For me, <laughs> that definitely happens to me. Like, for me, it's more of a, if I'm traveling somewhere that's a time change, it's, I don't give a fuck. Like, if I'm tired, I'm going to fall asleep on, on the floor. Yeah. <laughs> but if it's like, like, I don't know. Like, this might be a bad example, but yeah, like, let's say I meet a girl or something and she takes me back to her house. I'm not gonna sleep there because I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna fall asleep. Like, I can't sleep in that bed because I have to be in my bed in order for me to have a good night. <laughs> I'm not even joking, like. And then I also have to sleep on my right side. You know? Me too, I sleep on my right side. I have to sleep on my right side because like, my left side is completely shot. And then either my right side or I sleep on my right side because, um, so for Muslims, we advise to, because that's how the prophet is to sleep. What is the, the prophet? Advice to? Advised. Advised. To. I'm, oh, I'm sorry. sorry. I, thought, I, thought I thought it was a term. I thought it was a term. No, no, no. It's my accent. <laughs> but um, I, I, like, I've learned to sleep on my right side or like this. But when I sleep like this, I get very anxious and like really? I sleep, yeah. Whenever I sleep like this, I'm not sleeping. I know everything that's going around me. It's the water. My my uh, my parents told me I used to sleep like a vampire all the time. <laughs> I would always cross my legs like this. I wouldn't move all night. They're like, "What is wrong with this, this kid?" kid. <laughs> but. All right, I have to go in okay. a little bit for my interview. But thanks for having me. Yeah, of this course. Was Thank so you much for coming fun. through. I want to do this again. Yeah, let's do it again. Let's. We'll have um, any any brainstorm sessions you need. Anything. Please, I, I could so use your fun. brain a lot. <laughs> this is so much fun. Thank you. For real. And you guys, bye bye. So Thank you for listening. You. What's your Instagram? Oh, okay. So my name on I mean, Instagram. I'll put all in the thing, it's Teams. It means come teams. Uh, teams because my friends call me Team Team or Teams a lot. Um, so I went through a change early this year, so I was like, you know what? I'm gonna change my Instagram name. So I call it Vientins. Vien is a French word for come. So V-I-E-N-T-I-M-Z. And my work web uh, Instagram page is We Sanctuary. So W-E-S-A-N-C-T-U-A-R-Y. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, <laughs> um, but that thank you guys and um, Thank you for coming on. That was fun. Thank you.